We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patch Moran. Thank you very much, as always, for everyone who's locking in today, whether you're watching this on YouTube or whether you're listening to us wherever you get your podcasts from. Appreciate you all very much. I always do. Uh, happy Friday, everybody. Going solo today, not going to be a long episode. And this should be a fun one because what I did earlier this week is I took to my Twitter and uh, the Talking Buffalo Facebook page. And I asked fans to send in uh, your biggest and most bold Buffalo Bills predictions for the 2023 season. And man, oh man, you guys really delivered. Got a bunch of them. I'm going to read a lot of them to you today. Some of them I'll react to. Some of them I'll let you react to. Uh, When I said bold, there's different levels of bold here with some of these. Some of them relatively bold. Some of these pretty bold. Some of these uh, borderline outlandish. But anyway, this was uh, a fun interactional exercise with everybody. Got a bunch to get to. Not going to waste time here at the top. Other than to say this real quick, there's going to be a lot more Talking Buffalo in the future. I've kind of hit it at this a little bit here and there. I'm just going to tell you right now, Probably two, if not two, definitely within the next three weeks, Talk of Buffalo is going to become a Monday through Friday podcast. Now, you heard me right. Five days a week, we're going to be here. It's going to be a, a mix of guests like I've always had. A lot of the recurring guests that you've come to know on this show, people like Aaron Quinn and Anthony Marino and Joe Yurden and PK from the Buffalo Sports Collective. Uh, I got my buddy Tone Pucks is going to be coming back with me. In fact, if you've been down with this show from day one, and I mean literally day one, uh, Tone did the first handful of episodes with me. Anyway, four years later, whatever it may be, he's going to be returning. We're going to be doing a show every Monday. Like I said, a recurring guest. I'm going to have a random guest probably once a week, live from Imperial. That series will continue. Not every Thursday night from Imperial, but whenever I get a chance, Going to do a live show 
uh, with a different guest each time. I'll have different guests on this show. I'll be interviewing them remotely. And then here and there, a couple solo episodes as well. But anyway, plenty of talking Buffalo, probably more than you might want. But oh, well, you're stuck with me. So that's coming uh, real soon. Anyway, now that I got that out of the way, let me jump into today. Like I said, these are your uh, biggest and boldest Buffalo Bills predictions for the 2023 season. Uh, let's just jump right in. And like I said, I'll comment on some of these at least anyway. Um, let's start with Daniel Austin on Twitter at Dan underscore Austin underscore. His bold prediction for the season was James Cook will get 1,200 all-purpose yards. Uh, okay, well, in terms of being a bold I'd say that's relatively bold. I mean, it's bold because he's going in the year two and he hasn't really proven much in terms of numbers in the NFL. Um, to get to 1,200 yards, and when you say total yards, I'm assuming we mean rushing and receiving, so yards from scrimmage here. Uh, look to Devin Singletary the last two years. Devin Singletary had 1,099 total yards from scrimmage last year and 1,098 in 2021. So for Cook to reach that number, he'd only need to have about 100 total yards more than Singletary's had the past two years. I, It's easily doable. I mean, we've seen from day one of training camp throughout the preseason, James Cook is without question uh, the featured back. So, and he looks primed to me anyway, he looks primed for a, a breakout second year here with the uh, the Buffalo Bills. I think he's going to get his hands on the football a lot, whether it's running the ball, whether it's catching uh, the ball out of the backfield. I like him a lot. 1,200 yards to me, I would almost call that a prediction instead of a, a bold prediction. Uh, let me one-up you just a little bit here, Daniel. I would say if it was me and I was given a Cook-related bold prediction, I would have said James Cook is going to eclipse what LaShawn McCoy did in 2017. And in 2017, LaShawn McCoy had 1,586 yards from scrimmage. So if I was going to go with a James Cook bowl prediction, I would say Cook is going to out or he's going to surpass what Shady did back in 2017 when he had 1,586. But I like that one. That one's not bad at all. The Joe Marino. Before I even read this, let, let me tell you something right now. If you guys don't already know this, if you're living under a rock, if you're a Bills fan living under a rock, uh, Joe Marino is the host of Lockdown Bills. And I've said this before. I've said it on my show many times, not just because he was on recently with me, which, by the way, uh, if you missed that, he was live with me for a show at Imperial Pizza. Go back in the archives, check it out. That was a fun-ass chat. But anyway, to me, Joe Marino is a model of consistency. He's talented. He's got a great voice, great knowledge, uh, really knows how to interact with fans. And I, I feel like his show, Lockdown Bills, if it's not one of the best Bills podcasts out there today, it, it's right there amongst the best. Just an absolute great listen. But anyway, so if you haven't checked out Lockdown Bills, go check that out. But anyway, Joe Marino got back to us and his bold prediction was, Stefan Diggs breaks the franchise single season receiving TD record with at least 12 touchdown receptions in 2023. The record is currently 11. Diggs tied it last season. Bill Brooks 
said it in 1995. All right, that's good. And that's bold because it would be literally setting a, a team record. Um, you know, what's funny to me is, and before Stefan Diggs came here, because I forgot about Bill Brooks, but then Stefan Diggs kind of came to Buffalo and started rewriting the, the team record book. And I'm like, all these great receivers that have played in Buffalo and, and these good quarterbacks through the years and this high-octane offense, at least during the, the Super Bowl era for sure, it's hard to believe that Andre Reid never had an 11-touchdown uh, re re reception in a season. God, you're so all over, <laughs> over the place with my words there. You know what I'm saying, though. Andre Reid never had 11-touchdown receptions in a season. Neither did Frank Lewis or, or Jerry Butler, Albert Dabini, and some of these you know, legends of this team, Eric Moulds, none of these guys did. It was Bill Brooks until Stefan Diggs caught him last year. Um, for what it's worth, I, I'm with Joe. It wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if Stefan has more than uh, 11 touchdowns to set the record this year because you know Josh is going to be looking at him um, an awful lot. Brian Colley at Bill's Lifer says, Diggs will break 2,000 yards. Well. Look, never say never, okay? I'm going to throw that out there. Never say never. But if Stefan Diggs were to break 2,000 yards this season, he would be, quite literally, the first receiver in the history of the NFL to do it. No one's ever, ever in the history of the league gotten 2,000 yards in a single season. It's been close a couple times. Uh, Calvin Johnson came the closest, 1,964 yards back in 2012. Uh, just two years ago, Cooper Cup made a really big run at it. He finished with 1,947, but has never been done. So you're asking Stefan Diggs to literally not just write, rewrite Bill's history, but rewrite NFL history. Not likely. Let me point it out, though. I asked for bold. I didn't ask for lukewarm predictions. I didn't ask for semi-hot predictions. I asked for bold. And Brian Colley, that, that is really, uh, really bold. All right, next one here. Trust the Process 2023 at Nick the Crow on Twitter. And he says Josh Allen has the fewest rushing yards and rushing TDs of his career. I mean, I, I think that's, it's bold, but I still think that's certainly feasible. Definitely feasible. His career lows coming into the season, by the way, if you're wondering, is, uh, let's see here. He ran for 421 yards back in 2020. So that's a career low for rushing yards. And six rushing touchdowns in 2021. So if you're saying he's going to run for the lowest and scoring touchdowns in rushing yards, It'd have to be less than 421 in 2020, and it would have to be less than the six touchdowns he had uh, on the ground in 2021. Uh, All right, next one here. Allen, and this is from John Slater at jslater89. Josh Allen has 45 passing touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns. A lot of close games this year. Well, I don't think a lot of close games this year is a bold prediction. 
And, you know, five rushing touchdowns is certainly not a bold prediction, but 45 touchdown passes in a season, that's definitely bold. That would be significantly better than Josh Allen's best season in his career to date. Um, coming into this season, his best is 37 back in the 2020 season. So Josh Allen's career high in touchdowns is 37. And you're predicting, by you, I mean John Slater's predicting that he'll have 45. So he would beat his career high by eight touchdowns. That's a, that's a solid prediction here. All right, let's go to the next one here. Uh, Mark David at F. Reich Comeback. Gabe Davis has his best season ever. Um, well, I mean, how bold is that? I don't know. That's for you to decide, I guess. 836 yards is what he had last year. Um, I, 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 it's bold. Maybe not that bold. I think a lot of people, well, to be fair to uh, the person who sent that in, last year was supposed to be the year he was supposed to have this monster season after having four touchdowns and over 200 yards against Kansas City in the 2021 playoffs. Um, the expectations were through the roof for Gabe Davis last year. The high ankle sprain slowed him down. Um, a lack of confidence at times, I'm sure, I'm sure hurt him too with the drops. Ended up with about 800, not about, he had 836 yards last year. So to say he's going to have his best season coming into this year, I mean, sure, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I don't, is, is, is a bold prediction. I don't think it's nuts, but I like it. All right, Mark David, good one. Um, Next one, random Bills fan at Meesher12 on Twitter. Oh boy. He says, Gabe Davis will lead the Bills in receptions yards, and touchdowns. Well, damn. That's really bold. I would say this. And with all due respect to Gabe Davis, and I'm a big Gabe Davis guy. In fact, I got some bold predictions of my own here at the end of the episode, which I'm going to uh, run by you guys listening and watching today. And I haven't mentioned among them. This is coming from a pretty big Gabe Davis fan. If that happens, if Gabe Davis leads his team in receptions, yards, and touchdowns, that's not good. Not because I don't think Gabe Davis is capable of going out there and getting 1,000 or 1,200 yards or 7, 11, 12 touchdowns. That's not what I'm saying. But the chances are really, really high that if, if Gabe Davis leads the team in all these statistical categories, I think you know where I'm going with this, folks. That likely means Stefan Diggs got hurt. Nobody wants that. I get bold predictions. And I'm not saying that that uh, Tom, the guy who sent this in, I'm, I, I know he doesn't want Stefan Diggs to get hurt. But his bold prediction says Gabe's going to lead the team in all these categories. And to me, the only feasible way that happens is if Stefan Diggs gets hurt and misses time, whether that's a handful of games or more. Um, if you're a Bills fan, I would say this is probably not one that I would uh be rooting for personally. Uh, let's move on here. A couple more, then we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, low ceilings, my man over from cover one at low buffa. And we got a handful of these, by the way. I noticed when these were being sent in, and I got some, but not all these to uh to read today. But 
Dalton Kincaid was a very popular choice among Bills fans uh, when it came to bowl predictions. He says Kincaid is second on the team in receptions with 60. I, I like that. That's pretty bold. We know how, historically how tight ends do when they come into the league and that they're notorious slow starters. And I know a lot of people, including myself on draft day, can make a case that, well, Dalton Kincaid is a tight end more by position than he is actual or by title, I should say, than actually how he plays the position. You're going to see a lot of Dalton Kincaid in two tight end slat or sets where he's an H-back or where he's in the slot or maybe even sometimes when he's spread out wide. So there will be pass catching opportunities. In terms of him having 60 and being second on the team, um, I could see it. That's, that's a good one too, by the way. It makes you think. So that's when you know this is a, a good prediction. I say it makes me think because I want to say that Gabe Davis is going to be second on this team in catches. I do. I, I like Gabe Davis a lot this year. So if Kincaid is 60 catches and he's second on the team, that means Gabe Davis was not second on the team. That means he had less than 60 catches. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I hope Dalton Kincaid is third on the team with 60 catches uh, as well. Anyway, I'm going to take a real quick break. Come back. I got some more Dalton Kincaid stuff and a lot of really good ones too. So stick around. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
All right, we're back here talking Buffalo, and I am going over some of your biggest and boldest Buffalo Bills predictions for the 2023 season. Lots of ones to still get to, uh, some pretty good ones. In fact, let's just jump in right now. Um, we're going to stick with Dalton Kincaid. Josh Fenster wrote in to say the rookie tight end, which he's talking about, of course. Um, Kincaid, he leads the team in touchdowns. Well, I mean, wow, man. That is, uh, by asking for bold, you delivered bold because if Dalton Kincaid leads his team, entire team as a rookie in touchdowns, that would, uh, that would be a lot. Moving on, Bills preseason at Go Bills 623. Same, uh, he takes it a step further. Kincaid breaks the rookie tight end reception record. Well, wow, man. Let me say this, because I, I looked this up. I, I found this interesting, and I didn't know the answer, so I, I went and did the research. For Dalton Kincaid to break the all-time NFL tight end rookie record, um, it is held by Mike Dicka. You'd have to go back to 1961. Mike Dicka is the all-time rookie tight end touchdown leader. He had 12 back in 1961. Uh, a couple other front facts I found out through research and related to Dalton Kincaid and how some of you guys think he might do and where maybe we should put our uh, expectations for a talented uh, tight end two slash WR wide receiver three going into his rookie year. Dick is the all-time leader and he had 12. In the history of this league, the only other two tight ends to ever have at least nine touchdown receptions in a season as a rookie um, one, Junior Miller from the Atlanta Falcons, and you have to go all the way back to 1980 for that. And then the other one, of course, is Gronk, who had 10 with the New England Patriots back in uh, 2010. That's crazy, man. All these years, all these legendary tight ends, and Gronk and Dick are the only two ever to have double-digit touchdown receptions uh, as a rookie. Um, in terms of getting a thousand yards, and I know that wasn't brought up about Kincaid, but I figured I'd throw this out to you since I researched touchdowns by rookie tight ends. In terms of yardage, there has been just two tight ends in the history of the NFL who have ever had more than a thousand yards receiving as a rookie. One of them is Mike Dicka, 1,076 back in 1961, which, by the way, goddamn, back in an era where it's, it feels like Teams barely threw the football. Rookie tight end Mike Dicka had 1,076 yards and 12 touchdowns as a rookie. Damn. Anyway, Dicka's one. And then the other one was just two years ago. Kyle Pitts from the Atlanta Falcons, which is kind of funny because in some ways people still consider him a, a disappointment early in his career. But Kyle Pitts had 1,026 yards receiving as a rookie um, back in 2021. So those are the only two ever with over. Uh, a thousand yards. So as you can see by some of these predictions, and this is just the Twitter side, I got a couple on Facebook and I'm going to get to as well. Plenty of uh, forecasting going on with our rookie tight end here, uh, Dalton Kincaid. All right, let's move on. Uh, Colin B at Colin B 78 on Twitter. I like this one. He says, Rizzo, Gregory Rizzo will have the most sacks for a Bills player since Mario, as in Mario Williams, had 14 and a half back in 2014. Um, 
By the way, that 14 and a half sacks that Mario Williams had back in 2014, that is the fourth most in franchise history. Again, you think of Bruce Smith and some Bryce Pop, some of these amazing uh, pass rushers the Bills have had. And for Mario Williams to have 14 and a half and to be fourth all time in franchise history was a little bit disappointing. Um, th- That's a lot. Four, 14 and a half sacks. I mean, that is certainly bold, man. Uh, having the most since Mario had 14 and a half, that's what he's saying. I'm not sure if he means he's going to have 14 and a half or have the most since him. But anyway, you look at it, 14 and a half sacks uh, in a season is an awful lot. The Bills have not had a double-digit sack guy on this football team. You'd have to go back to 2016. And in 2016, Lorenzo Alexander had 12 and a half sacks. So it's been uh, quite a while since anybody on the Buffalo Bills has even hit double-digit sacks. And I think we would all agree if Gregory Rousseau who's going in the year three and has looked really good in training camp in the preseason, he get the double digit sacks. That would be a great year, but that's a really good, uh, bowl prediction there. I liked it a lot. All right. Couple more here on the Twitter side. Anyway, um, patch at soul patching says bills. Players take home more than two end of the season awards. Hmm. Comeback player of the year, Demar Hamlin, MVP, JA-17, Josh Allen. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Dalton Kincaid. Coach of the Year, uh, Sean McDermott. Let's go, you know, let's pull this up and and let's go maybe, let's try, we'll rank these from most likely to least likely, which I guess least likely being the most bold of the four predictions. Um. Comeback player of the year, DeMar Hamlin winning that. If he's if he's healthy this year and stays healthy, I should say, and he plays and he contributes almost anything, it's hard to imagine him not winning when you look back to what happened literally less than a year ago. So I would say he's probably, and I don't I haven't looked at any Vegas odds, but I would have to think he's amongst the favorites. Uh Josh Allen winning MVP. I put that second in terms of most likely. I mean, he's Josh Allen. He's, he's already, he's been in the top two in MVP voting. He's one of the best players in the league and everybody around the league knows that. So Josh Allen's definitely right in that mix going into the season. Sean McDermott. I mean, he, he has not won coach of the year before he's taken over the defense. Um, semi-bold. I think the bills, it would probably take winning the AFC, having the best record for Sean McDermott because Unlike these last two years where the Bills are, you know, were overwhelming favorites to win the Super Bowl, at least in Vegas, this year it feels like the Bills are pretty much regarded as the third best team in the AFC behind Kansas City and Cincinnati. Anyway, the Bills having the best record and a good defense that McDermott's coordinating, at least for right now he is anyway. Um, I put that there. And then Offensive Rookie of the Year, I probably would put Dalton Kincaid last among those four. Only because there's so many good rookies that are coming into the league. You know, guys who are going to touch the ball a lot as rookies. But hey, man, you never know. Anyway, I really like those, man. And your boy came up with four of them. So uh, major props to him. All right, a few more here on the Twitter side. In fact, this might actually be the last one on the Twitter side. Elam starts, and this is from P. Ad. I don't even, oh, at Patrick Martin. Okay, I got you. Elam starts and is a huge asset by week eight. Um, oof. I, I, 
I'd like for you to be right, P. Barden. I don't see it. So you are being bold. I want Kyrie Lum to be great. I want him to be good. I want to will that into existence. I'm just not seeing it. I'm just not seeing it. I've talked about it before. I'm not going to go on this long-ass story, but watch him in training camp five times. And like it was like every other day he looked good, and then every other day he looked terrible. Um, he's physically good. He, he looks great at times. And then he just seems like he gets lost in coverage. And he's very handsy. And I don't know how you, how you coach that, how you get that out of a player at his age. He's been playing football for as many years as he has. How do you get that out of somebody? Because, I mean, what, both preseason games, I know at least two defensive uh, pass interference penalties. I don't know, man. Again, I asked for bold. You gave me bold. I see Elam as that. He's the fourth corner boundary corner on this team. I'm not even counting the, the inside guys like Teron Johnson. He's way behind Trey White. He's falling behind further and further from Benford and Dane Jackson too. Um, I almost would accept Kyrie Elam dressing up the first couple of weeks and, and being active on game day. That to me is almost a bold prediction right now. So you came real bold and I hope you're right. He's a first round pick and he's only going in the year two. So maybe we're being a little quick to, at least I'm being a little quick to just kind of feel like I'm ready to throw in the towel on him, but it, it, it's not looking good uh, right now. But I like that one. That was a solid one by Kyrie. All right. I got a couple uh, other ones here and these are probably not going to be fun. Well, Derek at DRock 252. Bills trade for Penny 2024 free agent linebacker Devin White. I don't buy it. And I don't buy it because if the Bills were going to trade for Devin White, why wouldn't they do it after they lost Jermaine Evans? I mean, maybe Tampa Bay starts out shitty. You can make that case. And then they're looking to be sellers. Maybe they believe they can win right now. And when they realize they're not going to win, they, they're more willing to trade Devin White. Um, Solid bowl prediction. I, I just don't see it. I, I kind of feel like they're going to roll with what they had. And that includes the guy that they just signed earlier this week, which we'll talk about in a minute. But anyway, so uh, Derek says trading for Devin White. That is bold. Student body right at student body right. Lose two games and the stadium will be at three quarters capacity in prime time. Games are too late. Tickets too expensive. People will prefer to be at home. I mean, Look, games are always late and tickets are always too expensive and people might prefer to be at home, but they're still going to come to the games. I will say, though, the schedule the schedule this year, and he's saying that the Bills lose two games or whatever, but the Bills play a lot of non-one o'clock home games when it starts to get colder. October 26th, Thursday night at or in Buffalo against Tampa. Uh, Monday night football at home, November 13th against Denver. And then they also got late afternoon, like 4.30 games at home against the Jets on November 19th and Dallas on uh, December 17th. So look, the, the elements are going to be shitty and you're suggesting that the Bills lose a couple games and it's only three quarters. No, I don't know. That that might verge beyond bold. That might be a little bit uh, outlandish to me. The Highmark Stadium is going to be packed this year. There's no question about it to me. Um, Patrick Bateman at Buffalo Sports TM. They missed the playoffs. Well, I mean, shit, that is bold, right? I can't sit here and say that's crazy and outlandish because it's not. The NFL is a year-to-year -year league. We see teams fall off every year. We see Super Bowl-quality teams one year, 
going to the shit or the next. It happens all the time. I don't think the Bills are built to be that kind of team, but you know, injuries never say never. And I, it's the, the level of talent in this conference right now that would have me concerned. So for the Bills to not make the playoffs, obviously they're not going to win their division. Okay, so whether you want to give it to Miami or the Jets, let's just, for the sake of this discussion, say Miami. Miami wins the division. You have to tell me that the Jets are being as a wild card. Uh, Baltimore, if they don't win their division, Cincinnati wins that. Baltimore is in the mix. Pittsburgh could be in the mix. Um, the Chargers very much in the mix. Look, it's not out of the realm of possibility is what I'm saying. This is a deep, loaded conference. So. Can it happen? Sure. Is this outlandish? No, it's not outlandish. And I know people don't want to hear that, but it's not outlandish. Is it bold? Well, yeah. And that's what I ask for. All right, Chester Copperpot. McDermott will suck at challenges and will constantly play his corners 12 yards off the ball, allowing easy first downs. Hashtag prevent defense. Hashtag clueless. All right, that's not a bold prediction. That's just a tweet that's full of hatred. John Slater at Jay Slater 89. Cole Beasley will start a playoff game for us. <laughs> All right. We're winding down here with these Twitter versions anyway, because now we're starting to version to uh semi-ridiculousness. Cole Beasley's on the practice squad right now with the New York Giants. Never say never. I'll go, I'll say that, but outside of that, come on, man. Ron Dawson, this is the <laughs> I, I I can't laugh because again, a lot of people are listening to this and not watching it. Um, Ron Dawson at X Mayor Rent and T. Nathan Peterman will play a game for Buffalo this season. All right, man. Enough of that shit. Nate Peterman is not playing a game for the Buffalo Bills. Nate Peterman, by the way, did just uh, on Thursday, in fact, he got cut and then he resigned. Who was it with the Bears? I think he's back with the Bears. He's with the team, though. So that is not the Buffalo Bills and the shit ain't going to be the Buffalo Bills. But anyway, that's the Twitter side. Let me run through. I've got my little trusty iPhone here. Um, I put some some stuff on Facebook too. I'm going to fly through a couple of these because I know now we're getting late with time. Uh, let's go to all comments here. Anthony Agrisano says, two 1,000-yard rushers. Uh, that is bold as shit. And I did look this up, actually, because I found this interesting. My first thought was, man, you crazy. Ain't no way in hell the Bills are going to have 2,000-yard rushers. Then I thought, Josh Allen can run for a thousand yards. And if he does, maybe Cook does. Um, I wanted to run down in the history of the NFL. There's been one, two, three, there's been seven times a team has had a pair of thousand yard rushers, whether it's two running backs or whether it was a running back and a quarterback. Um, farthest back, 1972, Miami, Larry Zonka, Mercury Morris, 1976, Pittsburgh at Franco Harris and Rocky Blyer, Cleveland in 1985. Kevin Mack and Ernest Biner, uh, 2006. Atlanta Falcons, Warwick Dunn, and of course, Michael Vick. The New York Giants in 2008. Brandon Jacobs and Derek Ward. Derek Ward ran for 1,000 yards in a season? Wow. Uh, the very next year, Carolina, 2009. Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams for the Carolina Panthers. And then most recently, 2019. Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram did it for the Baltimore Ravens. That's bold, Anthony. That is definitely bold. I don't see it happening, but bold. 
Uh, Carly O'Keefe, this, well, not really bold because it's another Delta Kincaid one. Delta Kincaid blows Knox out of the water. You heard it here first. Well, <laughs> with all due respect to my, my girl, Carly, didn't hear it here first because a lot of people are actually expecting that, but she's cooler than most of you. So I'm going to let her have that. You know what's funny? All this talk about Kincaid and all these predictions, and I read 20 off on Twitter. I got about 15 here on Facebook. Not one, not one fan sent in their bowl prediction to have anything to do with Dawson Knox. That surprises me a little bit. Um, Liz, from my boyfriend who follows football much more closely than myself, Delta Kincaid goes for over 1,000 yards in his rookie year. Well, we already talked about that earlier. That is certainly bold. He would just be the third tight end in the history of the NFL to do that were he to. Uh, Richie Lukasik, second. <laughs> Jerry Glanville would be an interim head coach somewhere by week 14. <laughs> All right. Uh, George Sawyer. Khalil Shakir is a 1,000-yard receiver. That is bold. That is bold. I personally... And I was a big Khalil Shakir guy coming in the summer. I think Khalil Shakir is closer to being inactive on game day than he is being a thousand yard receiver. I think he's clearly third on the slot receiver pecking order right now between Trent Sherfield, who, by the way, shame on you guys. There was no Trent Sherfield in this mix today. Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy, I think are both ahead of Shakir on the depth chart. And again, you're going to see plenty of 12 personnel with Kincaid out there too. So, that is really, really bold. A um, couple Super Bowl predictions, of course. Steve Butler, bold prediction. Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, Rodney Massarella, Gabe, gets 1,000 yards. We talked about Gabe a little bit earlier. Um, he had 836 last year. Boldish. I wouldn't say that's crazy bold. Um, and, and I do think he'll get there, too. So I actually agree with Rodney. Um, John Spascheck, Ed Oliver leads the team in tackles for loss and ties with sacks. Man, that would be good. They paid this guy a lot of money. Ed Oliver has been, to me, at least anyway, a pretty much a flash player through his first handful of years. He looks like a beast and stretches, and then he disappears like he's not even on the field. See last year's playoffs, for example. I'm still not right with that, by the way. But anyway, John, that's a good one. Certainly bold. I'd love to see it. Uh, a couple more here. Ian Chadwick. Latavius Murray has double-digit rushing touchdowns, but less than 900 yards rushing. All right, well, the 900 yards rushing, that's certainly not bold. 10 touchdowns is very much bold. He probably started in the season number three uh, on the depth chart. I like Latavius Murray a lot. That's a good one. That's bold. We have to see it. Obviously, that would depend on uh, Damian Harris. Bryce Sokolowski. Von Miller leads the league in sacks? Man, I don't Bold, bold is an understatement. Von Miller's not going to be playing until probably week six, realistically, at the earliest. So you're saying that he's going to miss five to six games and still lead the whole NFL in sacks? righty then. Um, Mike D, opposite of Latavius Murray. He says Damian Harris, 10-plus touchdowns. That's certainly bold. Anytime you predict a running back is going to have double-digit touchdowns, that's bold. You know, I could see a scenario where best case, Damian Harris might be like what Jamal Williams was 
to the Detroit Lions last year, where Swift was the primary guy when he was healthy, at least anyway. But Jamal Williams scored a lot of touchdowns and still was very important to that offense. Damian Harris might have that Jamal Williams type role. I, so I actually, um, I like that one. Harry Provers, James Cook rushes, receives for 1,300 yards before the playoffs. Talked about that at the beginning. Um, some, someone predicted him having 1,200. Harry's raising the bar up to 1,300. I still say 14 to 1,500 would be on the bold side. Um, Casey Sleemick, Gregory Rizzo gets at least 12 and a half sacks. Uh, we talked about that earlier. That would tie Lorenzo Alexander for the most on anyone in the Bills since uh, 2016. And then Michael Amato Jr., the quarter boy, B. Brown, is my, my friend Bobby, by the way. The Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. Lots of Bills are going to win the Super Bowl predictions, as it should be, and certainly that would be bold. I mean, considering the Buffalo Bills have quite literally never won a Super Bowl. So that's always a bold prediction and um, obviously the best-case scenario uh, for the Bills. Real quick, because then we're getting out of here. I got a few of my own. I want to run these down real quick for you. These are mine, my own personal uh, bowl predictions. Jordan Poyer leads the AFC in interceptions. Two years ago, uh, he had five in 2021. He was tied for second. Micah Hyde also had five. And he had four last year early in the season before he just completely broke down physically. Um, and it only took six to lead the league. I think teams are going to test Jordan Poyer a lot. Maybe they think he's old and he's washed and I think they're going to throw at him a lot. And I think they're going to find out that Jordan Poyer is not old and that he's not washed. He is still a very good player with amazing instincts. He just has a nose for the football. There's certain guys that have a nose for football and there's certain guys who don't. Like Tremaine Edmonds is a pretty good linebacker. When he was with the Buffalo Bills, let's not kick him on the way out. He was a good linebacker, but he just didn't have that nose to make the big play. You know, Matt Milano does. Matt Milano always seems to be around the football. When a ball would hit the ground or when it was an interception to be had, it always seemed like Matt Milano was around the football. Never Tremaine Edmonds. I feel that same way about Jordan Poyer right now. Is he going to get beat from time to time? Sure. Is he going to take a bad angle on a, on a run and maybe look old and slow on that specific play? Sure. He's not a kid anymore. You know, it happens. But Jordan Poyer has elite instincts. Jordan Poyer has a nose for the football. And he also has... Uh, a pension for making a play in a big moment. So I I don't think it's that bold. Maybe you think it's that bold, but I don't. My bold prediction, Jordan Poyer leads the entire AFC in interceptions this year. Also, Gabe Davis, not the first to say this, but I say he has a thousand yard season. Again, 836 last year, and that's not really all that bold as I think about it. Um, but I'll give you something bold with Gabe Davis. I think Gabe Davis gets a new contract from the Buffalo Bills no later than the bye week. In fact, I wouldn't be stunned if Gabe Davis got a brand new contract sometime in the next seven to eight days. Am I predicting it's going to happen? I have no inside sources, no knowledge or anything like that. Just a hunch. Which, by the way, Gabe Davis was named a, a Bills captain this week, which I love that. But anyway, I'm going to make that bold prediction right now. Gabe Davis gets a brand new contract with the Bills, so we're not going to have to wonder about if we're going to lose him in free agency, whether he prices himself out of Buffalo or whether he doesn't have a great year and the Bills don't want to keep him. I think he's going to re-sign with Buffalo before we find any of that out. Um, brand new linebacker, Christian Kirksey. I think my ball prediction is he starts at middle linebacker no later than week three. 
week three at the latest. I can tell you right now, it's not that I love Christian Kirksey. I think he's a good player. I think he's put up some good numbers on a badass Houston team. But it's not even as much I love Kirksey as much as it's going to take two games or less for everybody, including the Bills coaches, to know definitively that whether it's Tyrell Dodson or whether it's Terrell Bernard, neither of them are it. Neither of them are NFL starting caliber middle linebackers, period. End of story. Christian Kirksey, at least compared to them, is an upgrade. And he'll be starting real soon. Two more. Connor McGovern, and I'm staying on the negative side with this one. Some people might not like this. It's just my personal opinion. Connor McGovern ain't it. I know the Bills gave him a good contract. I know he was like literally the first among the first free agents assigned with the Buffalo Bills. I just, I think David Edwards is a better left guard. And you know, the book on Connor McGovern, even coming in before he got to Buffalo, pretty good pass blocker, pretty shitty run blocker. I've seen it and I, I get why. Watching training camp practices, watching a little bit of the preseason. Well, he didn't play at all in the, in the last one because of, of a knee injury. It's not even that I, I don't hate Connor McGovern. I don't think Connor McGovern sucks. Not by any means. I think he's better than Roger Saffold. I just, I like David Edwards. That's what it comes down to. I like David Edwards. David Edwards was a pretty quality, sound starting guard on a Super Bowl championship Rams team. I think David Edwards, given an opportunity, could, could step in and left guard. And when he does, and if that happens, he doesn't give it back. So Connor McGovern might be a very expensive backup. You want bold? I'm giving you bold. That's a bold prediction. And then the last one is a two-parter. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills are going to the Super Bowl. I'm not going to say the Buffalo Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. I'm going to say the Buffalo Bills are going to the Super Bowl, which I just said a few minutes ago. Anytime you predict a team who's never won a Super Bowl to go to the Super Bowl, it's always bold. I'm going to tell you why the Buffalo Bills are going to the Super Bowl. Because if they do, or if they don't, but if they do, I'm not going to be in Buffalo to even watch it. <laughs> I booked a cruise and you're just going to think I'm fucking nuts, but I did. I booked, I've been with my wife for 24 years and we have never been on a cruise. And there's a group of friends in Florida that we're very close with that. I mean, a large group. It would take me an hour just to explain how it all works with this social group down in Florida. But anyway, there was this big ass group going on a cruise, got an amazing deal in February. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. Booked a cruise. We're going to be in Mexico on a, on a cruise ship somewhere when the Bills playing the Super Bowl. And I'm, I'm, you know, it's not like I booked the cruise and I said, oh, shit, oh my God, the Super Bowl's that Sunday. I already knew that. I'm just willing to sacrifice for all you watching and listening right now to change up the luck here in Buffalo. Maybe if I'm on a cruise, if I'm overseas somewhere, not overseas, but if I'm literally on the sea. The Bills will be in the Super Bowl. I'm willing to take that bullet for all you. And it's not like we're not going to be able to watch it on the Super Bowl or on the boat, I should say. But, you know, I, I thought about it, too, because I'm like, all right, the Bills go to the Super Bowl. It's going to be awesome, obviously. There's a trillion Buffalo Bills content creators out there that are going to have shows 24-7 all that whole entire week. 
and it's going to be the same stuff. Some done better than others, but it's going to be the same stuff. Super Bowl previews, this and that, yada, yada, yada. My mindset was, if the Bills happen to go to the Super Bowl, I'm going to have some awesome drunk cruise ship stories. I'm watching the game with non-Bills fans and just my whole experience of the Bills being in a Super Bowl for the first time in decades, and I'm on a cruise ship watching it. I just said, that would be interesting, unique content and an angle that I could come with that nobody else, literally, who covers the Buffalo Bills or talks about the Buffalo Bills uh, would be able to do. So that's my prediction. The Buffalo Bills, my boldest prediction, the Buffalo Bills are going to the Super Bowl and it's going to be because I will not be in Buffalo uh, to watch it in a sea, pun intended, of Buffalo Bills fans. Anyway, all right, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you very much, as always, again, for watching, for listening. Uh, if, if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe, hit that like button, comment on the video. It helps us continue to grow. Of course, the audio side, Spotify, Apple, wherever you may be listening, make sure that you're subscribed, uh, rate and review. Those kind of things really help those algorithms and help us to continue uh, to grow. And like I said, before you know it, Buffalo or Talking Buffalo is going to be Monday through Friday every day. Anyway, enjoy your weekend. Last weekend before the NFL season starts, it's going to be nuts. Enjoy. Talk to you soon. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.